What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are a church based out of Los Angeles, and we are so thankful that you are tuning in to this week's message. This week, we have Pastor Earl McClellan from Shoreline City Church with us. He is family to us. We love him. Check this out. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. I think we'll have the words on the screen so you can follow along with us. If you did not bring your Bible, put the words on the screen. Luke chapter 10, verse number 1, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Uh, The title of today, for those of you who like to take notes, overachievers, incredibly proud of you. uh, The title of today is Looking for a Leader. Looking for a leader. Turn to the person next to you say, looking for a leader. Yeah, turn to the other person and say, looking for a leader. Yeah, I think it's you. I think it's you looking for a leader. The Gospel of Luke is my favorite gospel. Uh, I, I love it so very much. Luke was a physician, and you find lots of details in his book. He also was the one who wrote the book of Acts. So a lot of theologians put those together, Luke, Acts. And he wrote these two books, uh, and you can find out in the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke why he's writing the book. He's writing to this guy named Theophilus, who we think is a real person, might not be, but we think is a is a real individual and he's trying to give an orderly account of everything that happened in Jesus's life he starts off and he begins to talk about John the Baptist gives us some background on John the Baptist then he goes from that one man John the Baptist and begins to talk about Jesus and begins to give us some of the behind the scenes life on how Jesus and his parents and that whole beginning story uh, but now we see all the way here in chapter 10 that Jesus has picked 72 people to go out and speak on his behalf. But before he picks these 72, he had picked another 12. Go with me to the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter number 6. Just a couple pages over, or those of you who have your phone, just a couple of clicks away. Uh, Chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it reads, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Everybody say disciples. Everybody say apostles. Okay, so Jesus, we think, just had 12 disciples. That's how we tend to read it. But he didn't just have 12 disciples. He had lots of disciples. But what he decided to do in Luke chapter 6, verse numbers, verses 12 and 13, is he goes up to pray. He comes back down, calls all of his followers, all of his disciples to him. And out of those disciples, he picks 12 to be apostles. It's like he is, uh, those of you who have been on a basketball team or a lacrosse team or a soccer team, everybody's on the team, but you pick a captain. Jesus here is picking 12 captains. Now, this is great news when you are one of the 12 that's picked. 
But think about all the other disciples that weren't picked. All the ones that came to the meeting and Jesus starts picking 12 and you think, oh, well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I'm definitely, I, I, didn't, I didn't know he was choosing captains. <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely going to get picked. <laughs> I mean, I've been here this long. I, I, I've been serving this long. I've been following God this long. Shoot, I'm way better than this guy, Judas. I don't even know what he's doing here. And then before you know it, Jesus goes, yeah, Bartholomew. Yeah, Matthew. Skips right over you. Yeah, Judas. Yeah. Wait, what? And he keeps going down the line. And he picks these 12, and you're not one of them. But you've been doing everything that the other 12 have been doing. You've been at the same meetings. You've heard the same teachings. You've been hearing about and seeing these miracles. You have been with Jesus, but you don't get picked. The other 12 get picked. What do you do when, when you don't get picked? What do you do when, when you've been praying the prayers, but your prayer is not answered, but the person next to you, their prayer is answered? You've been asking God for a ring for how long? God, I'm looking for a spouse, and it's like, yeah, I'll pick her. Skip. Pick her. You're right here in the middle. Wait, what, what's, what's, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my company? Is there something wrong with the way I lead? Is there something wrong with me inherently? Is there something wrong with the way I'm praying? It must be, maybe there's some sin in my life. Something must be off here. Because how in the world could God be picking everybody else around me but not picking me? Now, if you've never felt this, you just haven't followed Jesus long enough. Because at some point in time in the journey, you feel this. And you can feel this for the staff team. You'll feel it when you're on staff. You'll feel this at your job. Sometimes you can even feel this in your own family. You can feel this when you're on the serve team here at Zoe. You've been leading a team or a part of a team for a long time, and some new person comes in, and they get the leadership role that you thought you were going to get. What are you going to do when it seems like you have been skipped? And I'm so thankful that a number of these disciples did not quit because we think I'm out of here. We think I'm done. If they don't know my worth and value, right? You know, that's the day we live in. <laughs> they ain't going to respect me. I'm out of here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Time out. I didn't know it was about you. I thought it was about something greater than you. I thought it was about someone greater than you. I thought that this thing in your life was about Jesus and my life was about Jesus. So that means if things aren't lining up for me the, exactly the way I want them to, I might want to throw in the towel, but I'm not going to throw in the towel because I did not sign up for all my prayers to be answered. I signed up to follow a king. And since I signed up to follow him... Man, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep on following. But I see here in chapter 6 that some of the people who got skipped were some of the people who got chosen in chapter number 10. 
But if they had quit in chapter 6, they never get chapter 10. Can I tell you, Zoe Church, some of, some of us are thinking about quitting in a chapter 6, but I want you to know that if you'll hold on and let the pages keep on turning, and yes, you're crying tears, and yes, it's heavy on your shoulders, and yes, you want to quit. If you'll keep moving forward, I'm telling you, there's a chapter 10 coming for your life. There's a chapter 10 for your physical life. There's a chapter 10 for your mental life. There's a chapter 10 for your family. There's a chapter 10 for your marital status. There's a chapter 10 for your kids. There's a chapter 10 for your finances. I'm telling you that God is not done with you yet. So don't quit here in six because your pride. Can't believe you. I can't believe. Don't let your pride rob you of the blessings God has for your future. Your pride will try to snatch away your future because you and I will think we know better than God in a given moment. But we don't. We're dumb. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Did you, you didn't know your life was going to be where it is right now. How many of you, you wrote your five-year plan and you should have ripped it up year two, right? I mean, come on. And I'm all for vision casting. I'm all for writing things down. Please go ahead and do it. But at the end of the day, we know we don't run our lives anyway. So go with me now. Go, go with me back to chapter 10. Go with me back to chapter 10. These people who decided to hang on, like I'm asking you to decide to hang on, even as we get rid of transition to a new building, right? We're going, I, I need you to hang on. Don't quit in that transition time. What's it going to be like? I'm used to going to Miguel. I don't know about going. No, 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 no. Don't, don't quit in that transition time. You got to keep on holding on, staying the course all the way through. You don't know who's coming in chapter 10. You don't know what, what relationship is coming in chapter 10. You don't know what doors are going to be opening in chapter 10. So you got to stay along the journey, the path. And in chapter number 10, verse number 2, he told them, Jesus told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Um, I don't work in agriculture. Um, maybe some of y'all do, and you totally get this whole harvest thing. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this. I was raised on a farm, and, and, and great. But most of us were not raised on farms, and we don't really get harvest. But we do get that there's a lot of work to be done and not a lot of people, enough people to do the work. I don't know what it's been like for y'all after COVID, uh, but I know in even the restaurant industry and a lot of industries, it's been hard to find people that are willing to step up and take some certain jobs. And, and I know we've got business owners in our church that are like, man, I appreciate the staff that I have, but I'm trying to find some more people and I can't really find uh, people. And, and so, we, so we get that. And I would, I would say, uh, even if you're not running a company, you understand what it's like when you don't have enough hands. Um, all of us in here at some point in time have moved, right, even online. You've moved at some point in time. Okay, just so you know, you don't want to go to hell because that's all hell is, moving, okay? The devil puts you over here. It's hot. He says, pack up this three-bedroom, two-bath and bring it all the way over there. And you pack it up, and then you unpack it, and he says, pack it up again, and you bring it back. That's what hell is. Now, whenever you and I are going to move, we think we don't have anything. 
right? They're like, oh, I got nothing. It's only a studio. <laughs> I mean, it's just me. I'll get this done in an hour. And then before you know it, you're in a pool of your own tears and pool of your own sweat because you're like, how did I get all of this stuff? But then if you're part of a connect group, you send a text. <laughs> mayday, mayday, mayday. I need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this moment. <laughs> if you say you love the Lord, I need you to be at my place in an hour <laughs> and help me pack up this house. And is, there is nothing like the Calvary coming in on moving day. And you got people showing up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And man, two hands are great. Four hands are better. Ten hands. I remember one time we had 20, 30 people show up to help us move. It, it got done in 30 minutes. I'm like, I can move every day with this crew right here. There is nothing like having a whole bunch of hands to help your house get from one place to another place. Can I make a little connection here with our glorious Savior that he is the one that's trying to get people from lost to found He's trying to move people from darkness to light. He's trying to move people from blind to see. He's trying to move people from, hey, I'm broken to I'm whole. He's trying to move people from a place of fear to a place of faith. And he's wondering, do I have anybody at Zoe that is willing to show up and help me move a whole generation of people from where they are to where they're supposed to be? So the question is, uh, I know he's looking for leaders. Will you be the one that, that says yes to that text? Thumbs up, uh, exclamation mark, I'll be there. Or will we keep going, no, 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 I'm going to lead you on read, read, Lord. I, I, I read it, I read it, but I don't think I'm qualified for it. I read it, but I'm too busy. I, I, I read it, but I don't feel like I have the time. I, I, I read it, but I'm, I'm in my feelings right now. I read it, but I just don't think I can do it. But I'm just letting you know, I'm thankful that Chad and Julia Veach said, Lord, I'll help people move. I'm so thankful that the staff is saying, I'll help people move. I'm so thankful for the serve team that's already here that says, yes, I I've got my own bills. I've got my own pain. I've got my own struggle, but I'm willing to help somebody move. So you can't wait for your life to be perfect until you help somebody move. You Sometimes you have to move people even while you're in pain, but it's, it's in the moving. It's in you partnering with God. It's in you doing his will that you and I find the place of wholeness in life that we've been searching for. The harvest is plentiful. A man, there's not a lot of workers. Then, then he says, he says this, Jesus says, oh, so go, verse 3, go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. <laughs> Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. He's not saying don't be nice to people. <laughs> There's obviously something going on. Is he really saying, don't wear shoes? Are shoes bad? No, no, no. He's saying, this is not about your comfort. This mission you're on is not for your convenience. This mission is not about everything being lined up for you. This mission is about you preparing the way for me. This mission is about my kingdom being advanced and established. 
This mission is about you being my hands and feet. Can I tell you this? You already know it, but let me just make it really, really clear. Uh, Pastor Chad doesn't work at your job. So you're the only pastor the people at your job will know. He doesn't go to your school. Pastor Julie doesn't go to your school. They're not in your family. So the only ones that they're going to know as a leader in their life is you. And you would think, well, I wouldn't pick me. But too late. <laughs> God picked you. So you and I can now argue with God or we can get in alignment with what God says about us and be the hands and feet that he's called us to be. It's not about our conveniences. Then it keeps on going. He keeps on going. We're just going to walk through the Bible. Let's walk through the Bible. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Verse number five. Look at this. Look at Jesus. He says, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is the message of Jesus. The kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets. Watch this. Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town, you dirty people, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Wow. This is your sweet little Jesus talking like this. Sweet little hippie Jesus. Ooh. No, no. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Don't take nothing. Okay? No purse, no shoes, no sandals. Don't, don't even talk to anybody. When you get there, you walk into a house, say shalom, peace, rest on this house. And if they accept it, whoo, it's resting on them. If they don't, take it back. Then you're preaching, telling them about the kingdom of God is near. This, again, being the theme of Christ's message. This is the central theme of his message. And they accept it awesome. They don't go to the street. Go downtown. Go in front of Staples Center. I don't know if that's downtown. Go in front of Staples. And you shout, y'all crazy. I just brought the kingdom of God here. I preached the kingdom of God. You didn't take it, so I'm doing Jay-Z's song. I'm dusting my shoulders off. That's an old reference. I'm dusting my shoulders off, and I'm going to another town. This is your sweet little Jesus. He says, oh, Jesus is so cute. Jesus is so lovely. Jesus, I love you so much. The Jesus that we think we can control. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's a lion. Strong, fierce, backbone, strength, leader. And he's telling his disciples, this is how I want you talking, and this is how I want you leading in this moment. What he's doing, friends, is he is casting vision. He's establishing culture. He's letting them know this is how it's going to flow here. 
Like if you're on this team, this is how we're going to play. I heard a long time ago uh, that different baseball teams play different ways. Some teams just hoping to make the playoffs. Other teams, they only play for World Series. So what type of team are you on at your job? What type of team do you have in your family? I can tell you something about the team that's here at this church. I can tell you that Pastors Chad and Julia got a download from God about the direction that God is wanting to take this church. And what he's wanting and what God is wanting is for all of us to say, hey, we hear that vision. We're jumping in alignment with that vision. And we're going to be and do what God has called us to do in our generation. And we're going to raise up a life-giving church that is all about Jesus and reaching people. Then we're going to pass it on to our kids and they're going to take it further than us. You, you see, whenever you have a team, and Jesus had to do this, you, any, every, anytime you have a team, you have, mul- you have multiple different people that come together, and they have their idea of what the team should look like. Some of you are dealing with this at your job. You, you have, you're, you're the manager, you're the owner, you're the supervisor, and you know how it's supposed to flow. But you got some team members who are like, oh, I, I, that's, that's dumb. I want to do it this other way. And they come in with their idea. Well, that's when you have die vision. It's multiple visions. But what you need is a leader that says, hey, 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 I appreciate your vision. Oh, that's so cute. That's so great. Hey, I appreciate your, oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Let me just tell you, this is what the vision is. And I need everybody to get in alignment with this vision. So here at Zoe, we have a vision. We have a mission. We have a direction that we are trying to go. People are a part of what we do here. They are central. We are raising up leaders here. The church is being released to be all that God has called it to be. That's who we are are here we are an us for and we aren't us for and no more church like oh they're they're dirty oh they're different we can't welcome them that's not who we are here our arms are open wide to everybody saying whoever can come on in and will allow the grace of God to change you and transform you into who you've been called to be and this is what Jesus is doing here y'all I've got a direction I'm trying to take you Get in alignment with it. I also see here that Jesus is not asking them to be timid about it. He didn't ask them to be apologetic about who he called them to be. Sometimes in our thought process and following Christ, we think, oh, I got to be humble. And by being humble, that means I don't have any strength at all. It's just me, little me. Lord, thank you for even picking me. I wouldn't have picked me, Lord. But I'm just going to step to the back here, Lord. And I'll just let what comes, comes. I love you, Lord. You know my heart. And we live our whole Christian life as if this is the pinnacle of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. Not me, not me, not me. And I just think we've messed up what humility is. Make no mistake about it. Humility is an essential component of being a follower of Jesus. Duh. No doubt about it. Scriptures teach us God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. So humility is a necessary component. I just think we've messed up what humility is. 
I just think we keep thinking humility is us thinking less of ourselves, but really humility, I think, is us thinking of ourselves uh, not as often and not putting ourselves at the center. Instead saying, God, I recognize who you are. I recognize your grace. I recognize your purpose. I recognize your love. I recognize your mercy. And because of who you are, that's why I step full into who you called me to be. My son does me no favors by pretending he's not my son. Oh, no, he's not my dad. No, 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 no. Son, I called you. You're my son. So when we walk into a room, you don't have to walk in with pride, but neither do you walk in with your head down. Son, I need you to lift your head up, put your shoulders back, because you are with me. I need all of you to understand, sons and daughters of Almighty God, you don't belong to you anymore. You have been bought with a price, and since you've been bought with a price, you get to put your shoulders back, hold your head up, and walk like you should be there. Um, uh, the Argentinians just won the World Cup not too long ago, and there was a massive party in Argentina. Massive. You couldn't even drive. Matter of fact, the World Cup team had to get out of their bus and get in a helicopter to go through all the, not even through, go over all the people. I know in 2020, the Los Angeles Lakers won the championship, so congratulations to y'all. I don't know when it's happening again, okay? Can we all be real? Can we all just be real, okay? Nuggets are good. I don't know what's going to happen. Clippers, what's going to happen with the Clippers? I don't know. Kawhi, I'm praying for your healing. Come on in, brother. We'd love to have you on that court all the time. Paul George, God bless him. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know we had a young lady on our, uh, at our church. She worked for the Dallas Mavericks. And a couple years ago, we thought... We're going to win. And then we didn't, okay? <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen. We got Kyrie and Luca. and I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, you don't love Jesus, okay? Because I'm talking NBA basketball right now. That's what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, okay? I'm talking NBA basketball right now. <laughs> so... So I, I was asking Shelby, you know, about the team, and she said, I'm hoping they win because if the team wins, I get a ring. I said, wait, you don't, you don't play. Do you play? She, she was on the administrative side. She was in the office. If the team won the NBA championship, Shelby, who did not play one second of a game, got a ring. Just because she was a part of the organization. Can I tell you, your Savior, 2,000 years ago, got in an old rugged cross, shed his blood for the forgiveness of the sins of humanity to reconcile us back to God. And Colossians tells us that he defeated all the power of the evil one. And you and I are now made right with God. Jesus won the ultimate championship, if you will. And you and I get a ring right now, not because we even did anything. I'm over here in the office eating Fritos, but because of what Jesus did, you and I now get a ring because of his sacrifice. This is grace. This is how you, this is why when you walk into a room, you don't walk into a room like you are down and out. You walk into a room like God put you there. He called you for such a time as this. Okay, I got to keep on going here. I got to keep on going. Look, look, 
let me let me say this. Let me say this too. I think I got this note written down. Put it on the screen. I think I I think I sent this. I'm not. Um, I'm not asking y'all to like reject like humility and all of this. I'm not saying that. Okay. I want you to keep your humility. You got to keep that. Keep that close. Okay. Uh, but I, but I, what I, what I got to make sure in the midst of all of this is that you understand that your identity now is found in Christ. So if if I, I don't I don't want I don't want to prideful people. We don't need you to be prideful. We don't need you to be egotistical. We don't need. I'm better. Than, no no. You're not better than anyone. We all understand that it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. This not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Not so so no one can boast. We can't boast. So I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you to to, to get rid of humility. You got to keep that. But you also got to make sure that you and I are walking this thing out because we understand we have a new identity and a ring has been put on our finger because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Keep on going with me here. Verse number 17, verse 17. Uh, this, is, this is a great verse. This is a, oh, this is a good, this is a good, oh, I love this verse. The 72 returned with, what's the word? Come on, say it again. Joy. Say it again. Joy. Yeah, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They came back from this missions trip. <laughs> they came back not burdened, not heavy, not weighed down. They came back from doing ministry with joy. I don't know who twisted this thing up. I don't know if it was a blogger. I don't know if it was some pastor. I don't know if it was somebody on Instagram or threads, whatever threads is. I don't know who it was. But somebody has been lying to us, telling us that if we do the work of ministry, that somehow we are less than and we are depleted after doing that ministry. But I read here in the text that these 72 went out and preached fire and gave it all and did not have shoes and did not have a bag and did not have a purse and did not stay in their own house and they came back fired up saying Jesus let me do it again that's how I think healthy ministry is lived out and portrayed you see it here at the church uh, you're you guys are about to move into a, a new building which is incredibly excited online and in the room all of us together joining in to move into this new space it's going to be wonderful but there are millions of dollars okay millions now, so for some of y'all, it's like, oh, millions of dollars, that's nothing to me. And if it's nothing to you, write the check, okay? <laughs> go online right now and go ahead and just take care of this for all of us, okay? For most of us, millions of dollars is a significant amount of money. And your pastor has been tasked by God to move into this new space. Praise God, it's being renovated and we're reimagined and we're putting things together. This is awesome. But if your pastors begin to carry this incorrectly, it will impact their joy. But if they carry it right, 
They can even go through a season of building and advancing the kingdom of God. And they can have their hearts filled with joy and anticipation even as they are taking ground for the kingdom of God. I, I, I saw it like this. These disciples, they left with empty hands, but they came back with full hearts. So I think, this is just my guess, that our hearts aren't full because our hands are so full. I think we are doing so many extra things, things God has not asked us to do, graced us to do, called us to do, and because we're doing all these extras, our hands are so full, so our hearts aren't as full. So you get to get along with God. You get to talk to your connect group leader, get to talk to a mentor and say, man, friend, leader, woman, is there more in my hands than there ought to be? Because what God has called me to, yes, it can be hard, but that does not mean it's void of joy. So keep on going here. Keep on going. I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read this. And then we're going to go to it. We're going to end and go eat. Okay. He replied, Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you, I have given you, I have given you, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Man, I love this too. Here is Jesus saying, I've given you authority. Are you praying like it? I've given you authority. Are you leading like it? I've given you authority. Are you stepping into it in your generation? We say, oh, no, I don't, want, I don't want anybody to think I'm something. Listen, we don't think you're something. We think he's something. But God needs a mouthpiece. He needs some hands. He needs some feet. He needs a heart to flow through. So I'm asking all of us to step into boardrooms differently. I'm asking all of us to step into our families differently. I'm asking all of us to step onto the serve team differently. Stop living with your head held down and instead lift your head up because your victory is found in Jesus and he called you for such a time as this. Then Jesus says, and I like how the message version puts it. Uh, he says, don't celebrate about what you did for God. Celebrate about what God did for you. Just to make sure Jesus stays at the center and we don't get at the center. Because that can happen so quickly. My last couple of verses here and we're just about done. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, Jesus full of joy, Jesus full of joy, Jesus full of joy, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for, it was, for, it is, for this is what you were pleased to do. I know we might think of Jesus as just some, I don't know, either a hippie or an accountant. <laughs> and God bless you, accountants. We appreciate you. We need you. You're necessary for the world to keep on going around, okay? Thank you so much. 
might think that Jesus is just real stoic all the time, just didn't do anything, didn't say anything, didn't. But, but in this, this text, it says he was full of joy. The Bible wasn't originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, and it was translated into English. This word joy is not just ah, joy. It means like to jump up in, in excitement and celebration. Like Jesus is like, like he just hit a three. You know, he, he's like, like before the shot goes in, he's turning around like, yeah. He's so happy, so glad. He jumps in celebration at seeing his followers get it. At seeing his followers have their eyes opened. This, then he says this, look, look, verse 23, 24. Then he turned to his disciples and he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it and wanted to hear what you hear but they did not hear it he says you and I are living in the days that the prophets and the kings of old prayed for we're always wanting to go back to bible days they would want to be in our day because this is a day you don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a temple. There's no curtain between us and God. We live in a day where the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of a person, pulls them in, saves them, washes them clean, seals them, and makes them brand new. And all of us can have a relationship with God. They were praying for the days that we are in. So now the question is, says he's looking for a leader. Will you say yes? We talk about the culture class. Oh, got culture class coming up, culture class. You're like, I ain't doing culture class. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. Nope, not me. Nope, 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 nope. Why not? Why, why would you be content being on the sidelines? Why would you be content being a spectator? Oh, no, no, no. We're looking for leaders. It's you. Yeah, it's you. Oh, no, not me. I made so many mistakes. Who hasn't? We wouldn't have time if I opened up this microphone for everybody to go, hey, everybody share your dirt up here. Hey, we're all ratchet. All of us, all, all of us have messed up, fallen short. We have, we have done the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, been at the wrong place. Even when we were following God, we messed up. We turned our backs on God, but the grace of God kept on pursuing us. That's why you and I are even here today. That's why we're watching online in this moment. It's the grace of God that has been pursuing us. Since his grace is coming after us, I'm going to say, God, I receive it. 
and take me where you want me to go. I want to be who you call me to be. Do what you call me to do. And even in the times where I feel like you skipped over me, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here because I'm following you, Jesus. No matter what comes my way, that is the mandate that's on all of us. That's the call that God has given us. That is the anointing, dare I say, that is on your life. And I am prophesying in the name of Jesus that this will be a church not filled with spectators, but filled with people that will go all in and be who God has called them to be. And not just on Sunday. Yes, on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, every single day of the week, in every area of society, we will be the hands and feet of Jesus. Blessed are the eyes that have seen what you see and the ears that hear what you hear. Because many kings and prophets, they wanted it, but they didn't get it. But God gave it to you. God gave it to you. Looking for a leader. And you're the leader that he's looking for. If you wouldn't mind, bow your head for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice and you have never given your heart and your life to Christ, you never made him first, you never made him number one, but you're under the sound of my voice, you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first. I want him to be first. If maybe there was a time you were following Jesus, but you slipped away, you've gone another direction. And today you're saying, I don't want that anymore. I sense the grace of God grabbing a hold of my heart. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want to get off of my old path. And I want to follow hard after Jesus. If that's you, you've never given your heart to Christ, or at one point in time you did and you've slipped away. Today, I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something bold. I literally just, on the count of three, want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up. You're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. This is beautiful. We got friends all in the room right now. They're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm sure we got friends online. They're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make them number one. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart right now if you would not mind. And I want everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes, and today I give you my heart, I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up, clap our hands? Matter of fact, why don't we all stand to our feet right now and celebrate all that God has done. Let's sing, King.